The idea that no one is looking at the model presented by Mayor Rudy Giuliani in New York, which was very simple. If you throw a rock, you're arrested. If you throw a bottle, you're arrested. And all of a sudden, New York was, and it literally was almost overnight, New York became safe. The John McCullough Show, weekday evenings at 6 on The Patriot. on Sports Talk with Jerry Green from the Detroit News. Here's John Cameron. We'll be joined in just a moment by Jerry Green. And we will take your calls and emails at 800-923-9385 or email Cameron Sports Talk at yahoo.com. The Red Door Store in Plymouth features vintage and reimagined home decor. And the Red Door has unique, it's a unique, one-of-a-kind furnishings and collectibles they make great good gifts, too, so you should stop by. Now, they're open Wednesday through Sunday from noon till 7. The Red Door Store, Plymouth's Old Village, corner of Mill and Liberty. Check the Red Door Store on Facebook. And Fireside Bar and Grill in Westland just opened, showing sports on many high-def TVs. Fireside has a... Full menu featuring a wood fire pizza oven, fresh seafood, and you got to have Firesides, blackberry salmon, and seafood risotto, and 100% Angus beef charcoal burgers, and much more. Many appetizers, including honey, sorchata wings. And happy hour at Fireside is weekdays 2 to 5, and then again 9 to midnight. Come have fun on Firesides patio with a fire pit. Fireside Bar and Grill on Wayne Road. Just south of Cherry Hill, go to firesidewestland.com, firesidewestland.com. We join now by Jerry Green, and we'll be taking your calls in a few moments at 800-923-9385, 800-923-9385. Now from 6 till 6.45 on Sports Talk Day, Darius on this hour, we're going to be open line. Jerry, how you doing? Hello, Ron. How are you? I'm doing well. Everything's going well. You Good. Went to, you went to the Hall of Fame. You didn't go down to the game last night, so I didn't see you down there. But I was not. No, I was not there at the game. Last yeah, the uh, I'm going. I'll probably see you there tomorrow because I'm. You're you're planning on going tomorrow too, aren't you? Or... I intend to go tomorrow if the weather is conducive for uh, <laughs> baseball, baseball. <laughs> which it should be. Yeah, I think so. And we'll see you down there tomorrow. Now, Jerry. Uh, you missed Terry Foster last night. He looked pretty good. He did. Yes. Did. We had a nice talk I'm with glad, him. He. I'm, uh, I'm glad he made it. Yeah, I'm. He. They wanted to do group talking. They're not allowing him to go back on there. He's waiting for the doctors. Uh, okay, now they she tentatively scheduled him to go back on the air. Allowed him to go back in the air. These are the third or fourth of August. Not of August of uh, October. Not of August. October. That's what he's planning on doing. He talked pretty well. You could. This is September, Ron. I mean, so, I, that's why I said October. You know, I said, yeah, I understand that, but uh, you know, we are in September. Yes, time <laughs> does fly, Ron. Time flies. See, Jerry, time flies when you're having fun, and I've had a lot of fun well, last that's, month. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I guess I haven't had fun in a while. <laughs> anyway, the uh, uh, but he looked good, and he's. Uh, 
He's got a little more speech therapy to go under, but you know, I found out he had the stroke, Jerry. How? He was mumbling on the air one day. Not mumbling, he was just a little incoherent on the air. It didn't sound right. The speech was off. And he felt tired and a couple things. Uh, he thinks something's wrong. So he went to see his doctor, got in to see the doctor. The doctor looked at him and said, we're calling an ambulance. For what? You had a stroke. And it just, he didn't know what to think. What? Well, and that, that he's was, back pretty quick. He's back pretty quickly. I know Ralph Parker told me. Yeah, he's doing he's doing okay, and I'm really really glad for him. He's he's, he's, a, he's a good man. He's doing okay. We had a nice about a half hour talk last night. Talk different things. People come up and hugging him and all. He, he said, "I got to get out and group and talk." He almost went out and had barbecue with me last night. He said, "I, I sure you can have barbecue." He said, "Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going, but I'm, I'm I, I may, and I'm gonna I've got I'm gonna spend some time in the press box, talk to the people, and then I'm gonna go down and spend some time in the stands." They want me to get out in group settings to talk. He sounded fine. You could tell a little bit, but that wasn't that noticeable at all. If he, if I didn't know he had a stroke, I would have never uh, never uh, guessed that at all. But he's a good man, and I'm we're glad that he he's going to be fine. It was a minor stroke, but he's he said it's a wake up call. They woke me up, Ron. They woke me up. Remember, he went to Central too. Yeah, and Central just had that shocking win today. Yeah. He might have had another one. I'm watching that that game. Yeah, he might have had a stroke after that. Yeah, that was something. Yeah, that on Central. Yeah, that was a very very interesting game. Now, what are you looking like, Jerry, on the Lions this year? Looking, oh boy. Well, you know, I don't think it's going to be another. You know, it's going to be another year. They go eight and eight. I think uh, that's about what they should do. I got him and seven and nine. I might be optimistic in that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. So I got him seven and nine. Do you think Jerry Martha Ford's done a good job since she's running it? Shouldn't uh, Bill Ford be running this team? I I don't know whether he wants to. He's got his plate full in uh, the Ford Motor Company. Uh, I think Martha, he, I think he'd want it. I'm talking. Martha to him. is. Martha has been very involved. Yes, she has. Very knowledgeable, and uh, she had uh, an awful lot of gumption last year in what she did. I think you have to give her a chance. Oh. Okay? All right. Now, but uh, but let me tell you something else, though, that, you know, don't forget Bill Ford Jr. used to represent the Lions at the league meetings and everything. He's not even doing that anymore. I'm I'm aware of that. But, uh, you know, I... You know, I'm not sure what's going on there. I have not seen either one of them. Well, last time I saw Mrs. Ford was more than a year ago at Charlie Sanders' funeral. Uh, so I haven't talked to her for... Well, there was a great years. man. Listen, uh, of course, we've had a couple deaths with the Lions of late, and we talked about it when you hadn't heard of him until I told you. But he, I'm talking about uh, the coach died. Harry Gilmore died 90 years old. We thought we both thought he was a little older than that, but he and they thought he was dead already. But he was he died, and a guy that I almost got on the show. We were just talking the the Friday before they announced his death. And I think that's the that's the day he died. Somebody called the show. Here's a guy you should get on the show. And I said, you know something, let's do it. And he was uh, my producer Alex was going to look up his number and see if we get a give him a call and bring him on the show. And boom, all of a sudden I read in the paper, he died. 
Jim Gibbons. What's your favorite stories on both of those guys? Well, Jim Gibbons, uh, obviously, is the touchdown in Baltimore, which I did not see uh, live. I saw it on TV, and it was an amazing play. That uh, Those were the years when the Lions were able to come back in the last minute. And uh, Baltimore had scored a touchdown to go ahead and uh, kicked off, and the Lions had probably less than a minute to go and uh, won the game. I think it was a 66-yard pass. Gibbons. Now, my favorite Harry Gilmer story was uh, Snowballs. my first year covering the Lions uh, for the Detroit News, which was 1966, Harry's last year. And uh, I, the players did not particularly care for Harry, or some of them didn't. Uh, let me specify, Alex Harris did not care for, for Harry and told me so and complained, and I wrote it. And in those days, journalists could go to the into the locker room after practice. You could watch all the practice. It wasn't restricted the way it is now or censored. And we, could, we could go in and we could talk to the athletes. So I, I did the story with Karis complaining about Gilmer, which is the kind of story I, I would thrive on. And the next day I went in and Alex and I were laughing in the uh, Lions locker room which is also the Tigers, was the Tigers club. And Gilmer came along and saw me talking to Karras, and he said, you out. And he took me by the arm and escorted me out of the office. (laughs) (laughs) But he was, uh, you know, he was fine. He was a really good guy. He was fine the rest of his time there when they threw snowballs at him at the end. That was a terrible thing for the fans to do it. Uh, it was not a nice Detroit happening, watching Harry Gilmer getting pelted with snowballs at Tiger Stadium after, after the last game. And, and even Joe Schmidt, who, who was not a Gilmer fan either and who would be uh, Harry's successor, and I tried to protect him. Joe, so, Joe i got to get Joe back on the show. Joe's a class act. He, he came on before... Uh, 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 though this, that's when I was at the other station. The fan came to the studio. We talked, and I said, "Joe, you had your problems with Russ Thomas." He said, "Yes." And I said, "Tell me uh, what was things." He said, "Well, I'd give him notes what I thought and tell him what I thought the team needed to do." And uh, he never paid a bit of attention to me at all. Never paid a bit of attention to me at all. Well, and and I said, "Well, nope. what about what about William Clay Ford?" He said, "A great man." And I said, "Did you ever think bypass?" Russ Thomas and go to William Clay Ford. He goes, well, I don't know. And he, yes, I should have. Whoa! And I well, he, he got me out. He, he got me out of left field with that one. Well, he, he's right. He should have. Yeah. Uh, but that's you know that's fifty years ago. Now, do you think I mean, my first year covering the Lions was fifty years ago, <laughs> and that was. You know, Schmidt was still playing, and, you know, that's a long time ago. Yes, it was. Uh, Schmidt became coach, and it, uh, you know, he, Joe was a good coach, and he had some good seasons. He, his record was... You know, if they had won the game in Dallas in 1970 on uh, Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas, uh, 
They would have gone to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. That's very interesting. They were the best team in, in, in the league in the second half of that season. That's my opinion. And uh, I will carry it with me. Jerry Green, my guest on Sports Talk, longtime Detroit News uh, columnist, and we invite your calls at 800, also going to an, another Super Bowl. By the way, before we take the break here, how many guys are left, journalists that have covered the su- every Super Bowl? Uh, newspaper journalists are two. Jerry Eisenberg from the Newark Star-Ledger and the other guy from the Detroit News. Uh um, you. That's a question I hear a lot. Me, yes. Dang, I knew okay. you'd figure it out was you. Uh, I figured too. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's a, an event that I like to go to, and I want to keep covering it. It's, uh, you plan it's you easy. you plan to cover a few more, don't you? Uh, one at a time, Ron. <laughs> you know, it's one day at a time. You're talking to the choir on that one, Jerry. I I understand that, but uh, so you know, I I would like to go, and uh, that's it. Now, what's what's the deal on your place in Palm Springs, Palm Desert, really? Uh, Palm Desert, uh, it is. I guess it's my residence. Uh, it's where I, uh, I I vote in Riverside County, California. Uh, it's my residence because I haven't changed it. Uh, I hope to eventually uh, and soon, which would be in 2017. I hope. You hope. Uh, hope you sell the you sell the home then, huh? Well, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I could become a, a snowbird again and just go out there for a couple of months in the winter. Uh, it depends, but I I still have a place. I. I have a California driver's license, which I probably, uh, you know, I don't think I need to get one from Michigan again because I'm going back there. Uh, I vote in California, or I'm going to do an absentee ballot this year. Jerry Greenman. You know who I'm voting for? Who are you voting for? I'm not telling. <laughs> it's not a political. It's not a political show. <laughs> You know who I'm voting for? I'm not telling you. Uh-huh. Well, okay. Is it a male or female? <laughs> there are third-party candidates, so oh, it doesn't Ron, necessarily mean. Go to, go to commercials. Time to take a break, Jerry. <laughs> We're talking with Jerry Green on Sports Talk and taking your calls at 800-923-9385, 800-923-9385. Or email CameronSportsTalk at Yahoo.com. We're talking with Jerry till 6, and then from 6 till 6.45, we'll be open line, and then Wayne State football after that. Fiesta Grande in, in Flat Rock, a Mexican restaurant featuring authentic south-of-the-border dishes, uh, uh, fajitas, tacos, burritos, chimichangas, enchiladas, and more. Serving lunch and dinner seven days, daily specials. Happy Hour Fiesta Grande, Monday through Thursday. Take the whole family out for a real treat to Fiesta Grande. It's a Mexican restaurant on the corner of Telegraph and Breland. Hands-on Center for Physical Therapy in Farmington and in Plymouth 
specializing in manual therapy, the most targeted physical therapy available to improve strength and functionality. Hanson Center uses the industry's leading technology to rehab their valued clients. Full function is the goal in Hanson. And uh, for uh, Hanson Center for Physical Therapy and in Farmington and Plymouth, go to HOCPT.com. HOCPT.com. That's HOCPT.com. Okay, Jerry Green is my guest this hour on Sports Talk. Taking your calls at 800-923-9385 or email Cameron Sports Talk at Yahoo.com. Let us go to the phones and go to Ken and Livonia. You're on Sports Talk with Jerry Green. Okay, Ron, thanks. Jerry, you were talking about that 70 team, that playoff game in Dallas, that they probably yeah. pulled out at the end but didn't. And right. seeing that the Vikings, the Vikings lost the next day to the 49ers. And I thought that, too, looking back, and that that was their best shot at a Super Bowl. But I'm wondering, do you think they could have beaten uh, San Francisco uh, on the road? They wouldn't have any problem with that? It's in their genes. They did it in 57. <laughs> I mean, in other words, I thought they were a better team than San Francisco. They had beaten San Francisco in Detroit a couple of weeks before that. Uh, San Francisco is one of the... Uh, I think, uh, as I recall, the Lions, uh, at the end of the season, beat five teams that were in first place in other divisions, including uh, the Oakland Raiders at that time. And, uh, yeah, I think they could have beaten San Francisco. Do you think that was the best Lions team that you uh, covered while you were at the news? No, I saw them win championship in 1957. But you weren't, you weren't covering the team then, though, were you, Jerry? Uh, no, but it was working that day. Jerry, where do you rate that 62 team that uh, had to be in the same division with Green Bay? They only lost three games oh. that year by total. I think it was nine oh, points. That, that team was fantastic. That was a very good team. But uh, I think Green Bay was a little better, except on Thanksgiving Day when, uh, you know, Roger Brown had his great game that day, and uh, Milk Plum probably had one of his best games as a Lion. I can still see the pass down the left sideline from uh, Plum to Gail Codgill. So, uh, you know, that was a wonderful team, but uh, as I recall, Lions uh, lost a game that they should not have lost to the New York Giants. And I think that was the game that really knocked them out of it. they could have finished in a, probably in a tie with Green Bay uh, for the division title. And there was no Super Bowl then, but, uh, yeah, but I, I would think Green Bay was a little better then. Okay, and as far as Joe Schmidt goes, my last question. Um, if he wouldn't have had the so-called uh, problems with the GM, do you think he could have uh, done a lot of stuff here before he uh, retired? I do, yes. Uh, I think, uh, well, you know, I thought some of the draft choices Russ Thomas brought in were excellent. 
Uh, I saw Lynn Barney twice in the past couple of days at, at the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame functions. I, uh, he was a Hall of Famer. Charlie Sanders came in, and he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I'm not sure whether Night Train was playing then. I, I think he had gone by then. Uh, but, uh, yes, I think, uh, I think with a little bit of drafting in the early 70s, they would have done better. Again, that is more than 40 years ago, isn't it? 45 years ago. Okay. Well, Jerry, we're, I think we're, we're just starting up uh, old ashes. Go ahead. Oh, Ken, Ken, just thank you for your time. Um, we're talking with Jerry Green and taking your calls, 800-923-9385. You can email Cameron Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Jerry's on until 6 o'clock. Jerry, this is an interesting question I'm going to bring up to you right now. Okay. Who is the greatest Lions quarterback in history? Probably Lane. Yet, you look at Bobby Lane's stats, under 50%, more interceptions and touchdowns. Bobby Bobby Lane was a leader, but was he the best physical quarterback the Lions ever well, had? Well, the, the, uh, the function of a quarterback, first function, is to win and to lead. And uh, that's what he did, and they won. He was the quarterback on the field, I believe, uh, in three out of the four championships in that dynasty. He was not there in 57. Tobin Rote. He was injured. He shared the job that season with Tobin Rote. Uh, the, I would say he was the best quarterback in Lions history. I did not see Dutch Clark play. Uh, Dutch Clark, uh, you know, my, my thinking is Dutch Clark must have played the, uh, the single wing anyway, so he was probably a tailback. But he did the passing and all that. So, I mean, it was a different system. Uh, I, after that, uh, I don't know, it's just a bunch of jumble. I mean, through the years, the Lions have had so many quarterbacks and so many coaches that, uh, you know, when I was writing about it, I would have to look it up. I would have to go back and check my own memory on things because, I mean, Nanowski was here, Jim Nanowski, Bill Plum was here, uh, Greg Landry and Bill Munson were here, uh, Carl Sweetan was here, uh, Jeff Hamo was here, oh, and we got uh, Eric Kramer, Gary Danielson. You know, these are names I'm picking right out of my memory, guys. I haven't thought of it in a long time. Uh, you know, Scott Mitchell. Uh, well, you know, you know, thing. Jerry. Interesting. Uh, interest. They even had a guy from Buffalo at one time. Oh yeah, not Caleb. Uh, uh, who was pretty good in well, Buffalo? You know, you mentioned Jeff Comlon. Now, Jeff and I were friends when he was here. <laughs> I had parties, mm-hmm. and he would come to the parties. And we'd have a lot of fun. He. What happened to him later? Oh my God! What happened to him later was, uh, well, America's most wanted for three straight years. What did he do? You're what didn't kidding. he do? I, I didn't know that. America's most America's wanted. Most, you're serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was the guy on TV that does his does his things. He's the one man we can't get. Three straight years. America's he, most wanted. He's a What's that? He's a fugitive. Oh, my goodness. The guy on TV whose son was kidnapped. John Walsh. John Walsh. 
He said, this is the one guy we cannot seem to get. Finally, a car accident when he was killed, and they had to get the dental records to make sure it was him because they didn't believe it was him. They thought it was another hoax. He did so many things. Look it up, what he did. Look it up, what Jeff Conlow did. America's more. And yet Jeff was such a nice guy at at our meetings. He was just in my gathering, have a few drinks, and uh, he was was more fun. I have no problem with that. Uh, um, you know, but he he was not a very good quarterback. No, even though he was your fan. Yeah, he was uh, uh, Delaware, Delaware. Okay, did they not also have Jeff Reed at one time? Yes, sure. Yes, really. See, I mean, they have obscure quarterbacks who who flunked in other teams. <laughs> a lot of them uh, did. Huh? A lot of them did. Let's let's take another call. We got JJ in Lincoln Park here on Sports Talk with uh, Jerry Green. Well, Jerry, it's always a pleasure to uh, listen to you talk, especially when you wax poetically about football, whether it be the U of M or the mighty Michi- uh, mighty Michigan Panthers or even the Detroit Lions. And I, this is an observation that I've made over the years, and I'd like to hear your comments on it. To be an all-pro in the NFL, you have to be one of the top 12 one of the two top 12 players at your position in the NFL, or today it might be one of the two top 16 in the NFL or the AFL, whichever it is. To be an All-American, you have to be the top two at the 120 Division One programs. And I just look over the years at probably even Michigan State, along with Michigan, have had more All-American linemen than the Detroit Lions have had All-Pro linemen, where it's far easier to be an All-Pro. And I just say that the game is won and lost in the trenches. And the Lions, with their woeful selection at quarterback in my lifetime, but the real problem stands in what they do in the offensive and defensive trenches. They've had more success on the defensive line than the offense, but their offensive line, once again this year, will prove to be pathetic. What say you, Jerry? Well, I'm not going to use the word pathetic on the eve of their first game. Uh, you know, I, I once got, uh, I was on a radio show on WJR with, uh, I believe, Paul Carey, the late Paul Carey at the time. Okay. And I was tra- I was trashing the Lions. And uh, it was before the season. I said they're going to be terrible. Uh, and I got a call afterwards from William Playford saying, let us start O and O. And I agree with him. I'm going to let the Lions start 0-0. I don't think they're going to be pathetic, but I don't think they're going to be uh, uh, a championship team. Uh, if they make the playoffs, uh, they will shock you and me two years ago. And uh, remember, they were that close two years ago. Well, we'll see what happens then. Carpe diem, gentlemen. Thank you, JJ. Okay. I agree with him about in the trenches because it's important. And, and yes, Michigan has probably had more offensive linemen uh, who were all, all American than the Lions had all pro. But, uh, you know, the Lions have had some Michigan linemen who turned out to be a little less than all pro. To say the very least. Let's go to Cowboy yeah. in Windsor. You're on Sports Talk with Jerry Green, Cowboy. Oh, hi, Ron. And uh, Jerry, it's an honor. Hi, to- Cowboy. Oh, hi. How are you over there? Pardon me? How are you over there? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? A uh, couple of questions. Uh, 
do you plan to cover this year's Super Bowl? And also, do you think Bob Quinn uh, might be finally the person to uh, get the Lions uh, in, in contention, maybe even uh, for a Super Bowl in three or four years? So I'll take it off the air, and, and thanks for putting me on, Ron. Great talking to you again, Jerry. Yeah, I, I don't know what he meant by that, three or okay, four years or three or four de- decades. <laughs> Ron, I, I thought I was a cynic. Um, <laughs> it might be. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put this proviso on Bob Quinn. If he brought a lot of Belichick with him, I would say yes. He, he you know, he, he worked on the same club as Bill Belichick, who was, I think, won four Super Bowls and was a very, very good coach. And could have uh, been the Lions coach. You see, he started off with the Lions. He could not have been the Lions coach. He was a, he was an assistant. You know, he was a young assistant. He worked under uh, Rick Forzano. Yes, he did. Forzano gave him his first shot. Yeah. Well, that was because uh, because uh, Bill Belichick's father, who played for the Lions, yeah. was an assistant coach under Forzano in Naval Academy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's one of my teams, the Naval Academy. I have two teams, my alma mater and Naval Academy. Well, the Naval Academy and, also. And my granddaughters. <laughs> and also, I, he was, what, nine years old when he was breaking down film for Rick Frisano. Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I'll say this. He, he did not uh, adopt everything from uh, Rick Frisano because Rick Frisano is an honorable guy. And uh, as we know, we do not believe in the media that uh, Bill Belichick is honorable. And that's uh, unfortunate, I think. Because it is unfortunate. He's got a brilliant mind. Oh, you're right he there. Cleveland, now, now right. we've, we've got I some... Mean, you see how coaches are? Casey Stengel won a lot of World Series when he had the Yankees talent with DiMaggio and Ben Mantle and and terrific pitching. And uh, then he went to the Mets and had, uh, had just a, a bunch of ragamuffins. Uh, <laughs> so that's what happens. Well, you know, another thing, too, Jerry, that they asked him after the season, the first season of the Mets, he said, how do you think you did? I said, I did done one of my best managerial performances of my career, but the team stinks. <laughs> well, he's probably right. <laughs> did I tell you? I, I did John Marfronberry. Yeah, well, uh, Jerry, I had a uh, when I had Bobby Chance on the show, he told a uh, Casey story. So Casey would fall asleep toward the end of the games, and one day we're we're going to the extra innings, and uh, our third base coach Frank Cossetti, we needed a pinch hitter, and he, Casey was asleep. Wake Casey up! They both come up and said, "Casey, we need a pinch hitter." Oh, right, okay, Elson, Howard, go ahead. Skip, I'm catching tonight. Oh. Slaughter, go hit. Slaughter won the game with the with the hit. <laughs> Remember, a lot of Patriots the, executives the, failed, the though. Great Eno Slaughter, who is a tough guy, tough son of a gun. Before we take it on, we got to take a break here, but let's take a break, and we've got some information on the internet to tell you about uh, Jeff Comlo, my buddy. Okay, ex buddy. I'll be interested to hear it because I I have not. Access to him, yes. Ooh, this was something years ago. Woo! Okay, 
Jerry Green, my guest on Sports Talk, and taking your calls at 800-923-9385, 800-923-9385, or email CameronSportsTalkAtYahoo.com. And then this hour, next hour, we're going to be open line for the 45-minute standard. We're going to be on from 6 till 6.45, and then Wayne State football after that. And tomorrow we're scheduled with Dick Trzewski. Two weeks, another great writer coming on this show, two weeks from Sunday. Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Shotmakers Sports Bar and Grill in Southgate Show Sports, always on many high-def TVs. Shotmakers All-Star lineup includes Down River's Best Corned Beef, uh, Hand Patties, uh, uh, Six and Ten Ounce Burgers, Fresh Seafood, and Baby Back Ribs, and much more with, uh, well, they got a homemade soups and chili and you can play Keno and pull traps at uh, Shotmaker's Lunch and Dinner and Drink Specials 365 day, days a year at uh, Shotmaker's where family and friends treat themselves to great food and good times and friendly atmosphere, affordable prices. Shotmaker's Sports Bar and Grill on Dick's Toledo between Goddard and North Line. Jerry Green is my guest on Sports Talk at 800-923-9385. And Jerry, Alex, what yeah. did you pull up on the internet to, for? <laughs> oh, that's my boy now we're talking about. This Remember guy, that. It's got Mr. Kamel here. Pretty interesting guy, Jerry. Oh, Lord. Was so it? in August 2005, he was featured on America's Most Wanted after going on the run while facing sentencing on a pair of DUI convictions in Pennsylvania. Also charged with cocaine possession and assault. And police wanted him about possible arson at homes in West Palm Beach and Pennsylvania. While on the run, he worked for a hair implant clinic in Athens, Greece. Uh, uh, pretty interesting. And a lot of British people came over to get hair implants from him. So he was killed in an automobile crash in Athens on March 14th of 2009. Like you said, they initially thought it was a hoax. They thought it was just to get away. But then dental records confirmed it was true. What you didn't say in there, he said other issues as well, like, like trying to uh, run his wife off the road, yeah. tried to kill his wife. Yeah, that that was before America's well, Most Wanted, but he was on America's Most Wanted for what I had said. So, well, some of the other that was still on them uh, because you know, when he, did, he was one, on for four one years. of his failings was that he was a friend of Ron Cameron. Yeah, that I I, I ruined him, didn't I? Five four years on the runs a long time. No, he was such a quiet guy and so nice, and drank a little too at my parties. We 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 all had a lot of fun there. Clearly, he had two two DUI convictions. Yeah, he, he drank after Clearly. me. Too. But oh, he had he had much more than what you just said. Those were the main things that put him on America's Most Wanted. But although that that killing his wife or trying to kill his wife was right there too. That was where the assault came in. Yeah, that, that's the assault that I had mentioned. Well, the assault was he his wife was running down the street. He he tried to run her off the road and 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 she sideswiped him and missed and he missed her. Yeah, and he was high on cocaine, like I said, when he tried to do that. That's what the report says here. So there you go, Jerry. <laughs> Um, that's very interesting. Who's the most interesting uh, person you've covered on the Lions? If you could the pick most one. interesting person Joe Don Looney. Uh, Joe Don Looney, yep. yes. Alex Karras, I covered a few of them. I, I think Alex actually is more interesting than Joe Don Looney because Alex, Alex made an impact. So Joe, Joe Don really didn't make a uh, very strong impact in pro football. 
Uh, he was just, uh, he's a good guy. I got along with him. Uh, which makes him, by my rules, a good guy. Uh, I think, uh, Paris, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, well, Bobby Lane, Bobby Lane. Barely, though. I mean, they traded Lane in 57. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I just started my career in 50. No, they traded Lane in 58, excuse me. Yeah, because he was part of the 57 team, yeah. Uh, uh, they traded him in uh, 58 after the Green Bay game uh, at the start of the season. Um, so I can't, I can't, I mean, Bobby Lane's stories are legendary, but, uh, you know, he wasn't a guy I really covered. Uh, well, I'll tell you who you're missing. Time. I'll tell you who you're missing, Jerry. Not I'm a sure player. Yeah, you're missing one. Nick Kerbaway. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I knew Nick mostly when he's a Pistons. And, you know, uh, I've been at the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame this past uh, two nights. Derek Jeter did show up. Uh, Derek Jeter from Kalamazoo did show up. Uh, and was very honored with a bunch of other people. It was a nice show uh, last night at the uh, Max uh, the Fisher Music Hall uh, downtown, where the symphony plays. Where actually I have, I have heard the symphony and uh, and seen. And you know that's my Detroit team, <laughs> Detroit Symphony. I think that uh, the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame is a wonderful. Uh, organization, and it was founded by Nick Carboy. He did a phenomenal job, but it's he run. It's run. Phenomenal job. It's run Mickey Mouse right now. Hmm? It's been run, run Mickey Mouse in the last few years. Well, One guy I almost went to jail. Mickey Mouse anymore? Well, I you know I'm still wondering uh, about it. And I don't know about right now because I don't get involved and go down there at all. But it was before. Well, the, I don't think it's. Well, well, the attorney general wouldn't get involved investigating something with one of the guys if it was that good, and it lost a lot of money because it was poorly, poorly run for years. Well, my understanding is it is not profitable. Well, it wasn't before because of one certain person. We won't bring up the guy's name. It may be profitable now. They they tried to sell the plaques and, and pissed off everybody, too. Well, as one of the people with the plaque. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it's going, but uh, it would have bothered me if they sold it. Yeah, and he tried to Ooh, sell them. On my plaque. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Jerry, uh, you said they can carry to And Nick Herb, well, in fact, I was the first person to broadcast from the uh, uh, auto show at Kobo. And they used to line up to ask questions, and I had guests on. And one of my guests, oh, my goodness, one of my combination. They came together, and they were both drunk as skunks, Nick Kerbaway and Bobby Lane. And they were smashed. They could barely get up on the stage. They stumbled getting up on the stage. And I said, should I put them on the air? And I did, and they were fantastic. Well, Bobby Lane, what a fantastic guy to interview. Uh when I said I didn't cover Bobby Lane, that's correct. But I, when I wrote a book about uh, the Lions, I talked to Bobby Lane, and he talked to me. 
And, uh, you know, he was at one of Trevor Way's parties. Uh, I believe it was Trevor Way. It was a Lions alumni thing in the uh, book Cadillac on Saturday night, or Friday night. And he was loaded to the gills, yes. And I went up and asked him if I could see him for the book. Uh, he said, 8 o'clock in the morning, downstairs in the coffee shop. 8 o'clock in the morning, he walked in, spry, his face was all scrubbed, he was smiling, he was clean. Uh, I don't know if he slept at all, but he was terrific. And, uh, yes, and he, he told me wonderful stories about the Lions and uh you know, when you went to Pittsburgh, how the, how the Steelers at that time, remember the Steelers were the, the the dregs of the NFL until the late 1960s. They hadn't won a thing, and really. they they were running, tried to run Rooney right out of the league. And they tried to run Art Rooney out of the league, and, uh, you know, Lane said they were, and this is in the earlier 60s, they're trying to, they draft, they, they draft by getting Street, uh, Street and Smith's football annual and using that for their draft. <laughs> they didn't have scouts. <laughs> That's how they were doing it. Uh, they would <laughs> I mean, it's a very funny organization, and the Roonies were wonderful people. Dan Rooney, who was still right. there, who was ambassador to Ireland for a while under President Obama, uh, is still running, uh, well, he's still in charge, I guess, of, of the Steelers, and they've been a, a force in the league for at least 45 years. Man. You know, they started winning at the, in, in the late uh, 60s. They, they had that magnificent draft, and when they didn't use Street and Smith, they, they used Blister, and they got Mean Joe Green and Terry Bradshaw, and then they got Jack Ham and uh, uh, Greenwood. Elsie Greenwood, and uh, later on Jack Lambert, who was oh. one of the toughest linebackers I, I ever. One, one more thing. Super Bowl. Hmm? One, one more thing I was going to say about Nick Irvin. I remember my last dealings with Nick. We were doing me and Bob Page were doing our TV show from the Van Patrick Memorial, nice and quiet up there, and all of a sudden we. I had, in fact, Sean Burr was my was my guest that day. I'll never forget that number one draft pick of the Lions at that time. We just lost him. That was oh, that was terrible. And all of a sudden, look, and who comes running up? There's Ron Cameron and Bob Page are doing a TV show, folks. Look, that's Ron Cameron and Bob Page, and it was Kerbaway, absolutely smashed. But a good guy. I like I like we didn't put him on the yeah, air because oh my god he's very good to me he's very good to me good we, guy you know, we would have dinner occasionally I did I've had I dinner with him too he's a good man my wife Nancy what I said I had dinner with him he's a wonderful guy just just a great guy yeah we got an email let's go to it uh, Alex we have Mark from Frazier two questions for you Jerry uh, I never well he never got to see Joe Schmidt play so what made him such a great defensive player and perennial Pro Bowler. Also, when did you realize the Super Bowl became such a huge event? At what place did that take? Or I'm sorry, when did that take place? Okay. Joe uh, Smith was a great player. I did see him play. Uh, I I did see him play for the Lions. I think I saw him play in college uh, because I saw a Pittsburgh Army game week after Schmidt became an All-America with a game against Notre Dame. Uh, pick one. Pick Notre Dame. Uh he was uh, just, he hit hard. He, he had uh, savvy 
know, he knew how to play the play the, the role of linebacker. He had leadership abilities, and he was just a very tough guy. And you know, he, he, as far as I'm concerned, he was a great, great football player, and uh, one of the all-time great linebackers all, all, too. All those things made him a great football player. We, you know, I, I've covered other linebackers out of the same mold. Uh, Dick Buckus. Buckus was thoroughly well. Buckus uh, had a meaner streak than Joe. Yeah. Uh, Nitschke played for uh, Green Bay. Uh, was a terrific middle linebacker. He played fullback at Illinois when he was in college. Uh, there were guys, uh, a guy that was at Charlie's funeral last year. I can't think of from Kansas City. Uh, was a terrific linebacker. Um, linebackers are terrific. And you know who the toughest guy I ever met in my life and is still tough? Mike Lucci, who was Joe's middle linebacker when Joe was the coach of the line. He, repl- he, replaced, he replaced Joe. He replaced Joe. Well, Mike, Mike is magnificently tough and a good guy. And, yeah. He's a terrific. He, he, he was terrific. Uh, if you have a, a quick, uh, make it pretty quick. If you have a question for uh, Jerry Green, uh, wh- wait. I have, I, I have to answer when the Super Bowl became what it is. Oh, that's right. I would, right. Okay. I, I would say it took uh, when the when the Steelers and the Cowboys were playing each other. That's when it started to take off. Uh, you know, after the merger, I think Joe Namath was very instrumental in the evolution of professional football. And you interviewed uh, Namath before the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl three, yeah. But uh, that was that was when the AFL, the American Football League, became part of the National Football League, simply because Namath won that game and uh, the Jets won the game. And Namath really was a decent quarterback that day. Uh, but he, he was not great. The guy who was great was a place kicker. Turner, Jim Turner, to kick that's, three field goals. That's right. I'd forgotten all about Jim Turner. 16-7, those are the nine points. Uh, anyway, you have another question? Let's go. The um, the fact that you're going to go to the Super Bowl this year, and uh, how's is, is Eisenberg still? He's still running for the in, in New Jersey, isn't he? Uh, occasionally, I think. He's writing books, which is something that I should do. And, uh, and you know, we're both uh, <laughs> we're both a little long in the tooth. Oh, yes. So, what about you know, now? When you got the the Detroit Newsgate, of course, you were with AP, and you replaced Dave Dials, didn't you? At AP, but that was nineteen sixty one. Ron, everything in this show is the past. <laughs> I want to let everybody know how you got to the Detroit News. Huh? How you got to the Detroit News. Well, I worked for AP for seven years. Uh, Yes, I became the Ann Arbor correspondent. I covered Ron Kramer, John Mintz, Terry Barr, and Mike Chetesky, and other guys like Mike Bertano at Michigan in 56. And I covered Michigan out there as the Ann Arbor correspondent for AP for three years. Uh, they brought me in because I was writing too much about sports and not enough about uh, general news, which I understood, and it was probably a very good 
moved from me because it uh, turned me into a a better rounded journalist working in the office in Detroit, and, but I still was doing all backup on sports. Uh, and then uh, when Giles went to Channel 7 61, August of 61, I replaced him as Michigan AP sports editor and uh, was there for a little more than two years when the news hired me. I was 63. And you're still writing? You st- they, can, uh, they can go online and, and read you all the time, can't they? Not anymore. You're not doing any online anymore. No, that's stop. But you're you're still doing some of the Detroit News, though. Uh, yes, I've done some stuff for the Detroit News since uh, I did. Uh, you know, when when Ali died, Muhammad Ali. Right. <laughs> I did something. I had a piece on Gordy Howe when Gordy died. Um, and you'll have a piece in your next Super Bowl too, won't you? Um, well, let's go downtown and we'll talk, talk to the news. I, I, you know, I have some ideas and I don't know what their ideas are. I have not talked to anybody for a few months or so down there. It's time I got my act together. Yeah, what about the, the overall the newspaper business? So, uh, Jerry, well, it's... we talked about that show after show, Ron. I mean, it's a, uh, it is a fading old journalists never die they just fade away and we can play that on the, the old song about old soldiers Douglas MacArthur Captain Doug General MacArthur I, I wonder how many people listening even know who General MacArthur was oh, don't shake your head Alex no everybody knew General MacArthur was of course no come on uh, your friend Karen Bush complains about the education in America that they don't learn history and she's right. Yeah, she is right. She's ab- absolutely right. Uh, Arthur. But Alex yeah. is looking him up. He has no clue. Alex has no clue. He's looking him up. Hey, uh, Alex, he he Douglas MacArthur had to escape from the Philippines when the Japanese captured Bataan uh, and started going down to Guadalcanal. And he flew him off to Australia so he could command the United States Pacific Army. And the army came back to like Guadalcanal and island after island and island after island to Iwo Jima. And then they dropped the atomic bomb and Doug MacArthur signed our peace agreement on the Missouri uh, this time and just this month. I think it was September 3rd, 1945. And uh, that's who General MacArthur was. He has a great quote here, too. He was the equal rank of Dwight David Eisenhower, who was a four-star general. Palm Springs president. And became president. And he was a Palm Springs president, yes. And he became uh, president of Columbia University. He became uh, president of the United States. It was two terms. He was president before Kennedy. And a good one. John Jerry, Kennedy. Jerry, thank you for coming on as always. I will try okay. to see you at the game. I'm coming to the game for a little while tomorrow. We'll maybe get some lunch together or something. I'll see you tomorrow. I hope to be there. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry Green on Sports Talk. Good man.
Real quick before you take your final break, best quote here. Besides old soldiers never die, they just fade away. There's no security on this earth. There's only opportunity. Isn't that a good one? I suppose that is. Interesting guy here. Glass House Brewing is Ann Arbor's uh, newest and best uh, microbrew pub. It's Glass House's goal to uh, explore this craft and engaging the community and exceeding the standards of beer with a unique twist, introducing new life and flavor for your palate, offering you a place to gather with friends and enjoy a choice of IPAs, stout, lager, and other fine beers while watching sports on high-def TV. Enjoy a Mexican dinner from next door. Chill us. Open weekdays from 4 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday at noon. Glass House Brewing is at 2350 Liberty between Stadium and and Maple behind Diamond Glass and Finers. Go to glasshousebrewing.com. And Valari Travel and Cruise Center in Clinton Township for 36 years. Valari has said the best deals on vacation packages anywhere in the world. Some of Valari's specialties are Italy and Europe, Mexican and Mexico and the Caribbean, cruises, honeymoons, and destination weddings, and spring breaks and group travel. Go on the web to valaritravel.com, valaritravel.com, valaritravel.com. And Amatea Restaurant and Garden City since 1975, serving Italian-American cuisines, steaks, and seafood. And Amatea's award-winning barbecue ribs, some of the best lasagna and the best roasted chicken going. And a full bar and banquet facilities. Open Monday through Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday at, at 12.30. Amatea Restaurant, Corner Warren and Vinoy. Go online, amateearestaurant.com. AmateaRestaurant.com or like Amatea on Facebook. By the way, Michigan was victorious this afternoon. I mean, they just clobbered 51 to 14. Let me tell you something. This used to be, I was, I saw, you know, when McNabb was quarterback, it, uh, it was it McNabb or the other guy? The oh, other, no, you're talking about Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper was quarterback there, and I went to the game. And, and when I was in Florida many years ago, they used to have a good team. They were Central just, Florida. They just won two years ago with Blake Bortles and company in one of the uh, BCS games, remember? Well, they just went in the tank the last two years. They didn't win a game last year. Didn't win a game last year. And also, oh, we're out of time. No, no, we're going to. That's right, 59-25. You're right. You're right. I, you told me that before, and I misplaced that thought. You know who else came out of Central Florida, though? I was thinking about this as I was watching the game. Two ex-Lions, Culpepper, like we mentioned. Yeah. Kevin Smith, the little running back. Little Kevin Smith came out of there, yeah. And Brandon Marshall, the wide receiver, not he the was. linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I saw Brandon Marshall play. He was, what year did he play there? Uh, I believe he came out in 2008. Two? Oh. No, no, no. Culpepper w- would have been 02. He, w- he was there when I was there, Culpepper, and I thought Brandon Marshall was He too, might have been I, a freshman. Yeah. He may be the next year. I'm not, I'm, I'm not real certain on that. Coming up the next hour, we're going to be open line. Anything you want to talk about in sports, you can get your emails ready and call right now. We're going to be on till 645, and then we'll be joined uh, joining Wayne State football. Number here the, to email right now. Keep the calls waiting for a few until we take the break. But Cameron Sports Talk at Yahoo.com. And don't forget tomorrow. We're looking for Dick Trzewski being on the show. We hope Dick Trzewski will be on tomorrow. Two weeks.